Remember, kid, there's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Follow your heart, kid. Never go wrong. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to Catenation Studios. Joining me today is Martha Rodriguez. Hello, Alex. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm really excited to be on here. I am a master's student at USC, and I'm also a local San Diegan director, writer, and producer, and I'm very excited to be on the show. Fantastic. And uh, it's kind of a cool story, but I mean, obviously, you guys can figure out that Martha and I met at Caffeina, but as we were talking and going over this uh, interview, turns out that we were a lot connected than we thought. Like we were like close by each other. We lived in the same area at one point. Uh, we were both part of the Media Arts Center. So cool that now we like got to know each other. Yeah, it's crazy. Small world, right? <laughs> exactly. For me, I want to know what got you personally into filmmaking. Well, a lot of things went into filmmaking and how I got into it, actually. So uh, my first language is Spanish. And Growing up, I actually watched a lot of Disney movies and Pixar movies, and I feel like that was a big thing that brought me into like wanting to do filmmaking. As I said before, I actually wanted to do a minor in computer science, and my degree would be in aerospace engineering or some kind of STEM, um, you know, out of this world kind of thing. And I decided to kind of lean out of that because I felt like it wasn't me, um, especially because I'm the only child. I'm bilingual, so I speak Spanish and English, and translating with my parents was like another thing that became a major thing of filmmaking, of why I wanted to be a filmmaker, how I got into it, you know, translating in doctor's offices, at stores, and then it ended up, I ended up translating at movies. Like, before then, like, there wasn't these, like, captions that you would put in Spanish at a local AMC. Like, we would actually go over to TJ and um, watch movies. So one thing that I asked myself is why do my parents and my community don't have that resource? They do now, which is which is really good. But I mean, back then when I was like 10, 12, there wasn't that resource. So just translating from my parents and I asked myself, why aren't there many films in Spanish if we are a border town? Why are we watching like these movies, like really well-known movies, and I would have to cross the border to see them in Spanish. No, you mentioned a lot about, uh, you know, not being able to like see a lot of movies in Spanish. And what changes have you seen in, you know, getting more people invested in movies that are not just in English, but like also made by Latinos and Latinas? I feel like now there's this open door that wasn't shown back then a lot. Um, like when I was little, I would always question, why isn't someone that looks like me on screen that wasn't depicted like in a stereotype? Or why isn't someone like me speaking Spanish on screen, especially locally in the movies? Uh, when I see locally, it's like San Diego, LA. But um, I mean, just in general, in a border town, I mean, Spanish is one of those bigger um, dominant languages um, in San Diego. I know there's a lot, but um, the one that we speak at home is Spanish. So for me, it was something that I see that people from our age, um, especially like from college, universities, younger generations are taking, I want to say courage, because sometimes we are scared to tell our stories, especially because they're very personal, as the ones that you've seen. They're now being told in Spanish, and they're being translated. Um, so it's great to see that. Growing up, you just mentioned that you grew up with Disney and Pixar movies, but are there any particular movies that stick out to you that would you consider a favorite? And at any point, did you ever watch a movie and say, 
that's what I want to do. So I was really big um, growing up with the Sandlot. For me, it was a masterpiece. But back then, a lot of people made fun of me about it because I used to play baseball growing up. So I was the only girl playing baseball here at the North Park Little League. I also went into JV and varsity at San Diego High School. So growing up, I felt like that movie was a way that I was able to resonate to just playing baseball and just being a kid. It was something for me that inspired me, that wanted me to make movies about maybe me playing baseball or girl and wanting to play her favorite sport. With Pixar, I actually grew up watching Monster Inc. That's how I learned English because I would have the VHS. Those two movies were like the ones I grew up with. Um, and of course, Star Wars, that's one of the biggest things. And I feel like that's what brought my family together. A lot of times my family um, would be doing their own thing. But when, you know, you hear the little song of Star Wars, the iconic music, everyone kind of sits down and watches it. Well, nowadays I watch more Spanish speaking films would be like Roma. I really, I really, really enjoyed what um, Alfonso Cuaron did, like bringing a piece of himself and putting it on the screen. And that's something that I was telling you earlier that the stories that we want to tell but are scared of. You have to be very vulnerable. And that's what I've learned in the industry, that you have to give a piece of yourself and open up if you want to touch others and, you know, their stories and be able to connect in, in a personal way. And I felt like Roma did a very good job with that. And you mentioned about telling a story similarly and yet still be different. I told you this uh, when we were setting up for this interview, but one of my favorite movies of 2019 uh, was Crazy Rich Asians. And one of the biggest uh, negatives that people gave it is that it was a lot similar. But to me, I thought it was fantastic to see a different group tell their story. Yes, I followed similar tropes, but it's just the way of how you tell the story. And that's something that you yourself told me. And where did you get that uh, inspiration from or that lesson? from? I feel like there's a formula of making films. Obviously, like there's tropes, like you said, but... For me, like being able to tell stories and how I learned that was trial and error. That's one thing, like hearing criticism, also, you know, seeing the formula that you see in every single film. But at the same time, it's like even if someone else has made a similar film or just with a similar like idea or trope doesn't mean it's the same one, like the director, the writer and the crew is what makes it special, like the, what happens behind the scenes or like in general, like on set. That's one of the things that I see. But also it's like, you tell the story and if you think about it, we have been telling the same story since the beginning of time, if you think about it. Um, whether it's love, hate, jealousy, anger, we have all these emotions and it, they could be similar, but at the same time, it's art is very subjective. So everyone's going to have a different perspective about about the art. And I feel like, it's something that depending on the person you're able to resonate with, like I said, that um, crazy rotations for you, you're able to, you know, you, you enjoyed it a lot, but a lot of people might have not liked it um, depending on the trope. But I feel like anyone can tell the same story, has the right to tell the same story if they've been through it. And also if they're able to resonate with it, everyone puts their own spin on movies. If you think about it, whether it's the acting, the writing, just the dialogue. It's something different for everyone. I want to move on to talk about uh, some films that you showed me before we got this interview. Identification and Cieques Abajo. These were a lot of fun to me. I really enjoyed Identification. It really felt like a movie. Like I could have watched like a full hour of it. I, I was just amazed by your work. So first of all, good job. 
And I just want to say, you know, what was that experience like? Well, identification, it's very personal. Like I said, um, as a filmmaker, you have to be very vulnerable to put yourself out there. And this is something that I actually started during undergrad. I started writing the treatment during undergrad, like freshman year. And then I wrote the script my sophomore year. And then we took it into production my junior year. And I had the opportunity to do that with Elk Pitch and also SDSU and my crew at SDSU. So it was nice to bring it to life. So it was, it took a lot of time. And we also had um, international um, actors. So uh, Paco, um, he was one of, he was a dad in that. He unfortunately passed away uh, recently, but this movie that we made keeps him alive in his memory. And I felt like connecting with people on set is what makes the movie great. I personally think that the set was a family. It was something that we were able to, you know, when hard times came across, um, you know, struggles, like you're always going to have a bump on the road on the set, whether the camera battery isn't, um, you know, fully charged or you, you, you basically find out that the location you had can no longer be like available, you pivot. Um, so those are the hard times that we had and we were able to come together and come up with a new idea to execute this film. And I had the opportunity and I really thank the Latino Film Festival here at uh, San Diego. So San Diego Latino Film Festival, who actually chose it to be um, during their festival um, time on. So I, I was really happy that since the pandemic, because it wasn't shown anywhere um, besides the San Diego Latino Film Festival, uh, we kept it and we showed it there. So we had the opportunity to do that this year. And I'm really happy about it, especially because everyone got to see it um, like in a big screen. And that that means a lot, honestly, um, seeing your work on the big screen and seeing a lot of people who have been part of the project and, you know, strangers who haven't and that have given you that like applause. Hey, you did a great job. I'm able to resonate to it. I feel you um, kind of reassurance. So it was nice. How did you yourself get connected with the Latino Film Festival? So I was always scared to reach out and submit my films thinking that there weren't gonna be shown or like you know they're not the best i took the leap of faith and i was able to connect with ethan van Thillo. also at san diego state i was able to connect with them since we were trying to bring a um, sdsu latinx film festival before the pandemic during your time filming i mean everybody gets experience the more you do this stuff i mean for me i'll tell you this right now um when i started this show i was super shy in the beginning i wasn't sure who i wanted to get and there's this one guest that i've been dying to get and i was solely shy to ask her but after that i gained confidence to you what have you gained as a filmmaker as far as knowledge goes when you got started to now definitely grown a lot i i remember i was like you said i was Oh, you were shy. I was definitely really, really shy to be on set. I didn't know how to be on a set. I didn't know how to volunteer to be on a set. I didn't know who to connect myself with. And it was just more of uh, just going up and saying like, hey, um, I'd love to work on this project. It, I'm able to connect with it, anything that you need help with. And that's when I ended up kind of seeing a community at SDSU and being able to be on set with people. I'm I'm from both worlds. So I say I'm from theater and film. So I have that theater background. So I was also getting that theater knowledge at the same time as film, which is similar, but not always the same. So on set, it feels like it's the same thing, but there's different terminology. Being on set, I, I was terrified of lights. I, I still say it, terrified of lights and cameras, um, but I'm behind them. So 
it's nice. But operating them, that even makes it even worse. I was able to shadow some of the big gaffers and DPs at SDSU and also in LA. I was able to work with two people that are really helpful and very careful. And, and they're just very generally nice to be around. You know, they're like teachers, mentors that I, I've seen and have seen me grown. And nowadays I feel comfortable with them from being the person that I don't want to touch uh, equipment to being, let me help you and let me help others on set. Being able to feel comfortable and being comfortable around the surroundings, the equipment and people. Do not be afraid, <laughs> even though I was, or shy to ask, how does this work? Or how do you put these things on here? Or just in general, ask questions. Like anyone would be glad to answer them. Just don't be afraid. In the road of all of this, do you plan on working like on a big time movie in the future? Or do you, you just kind of want to stick to the independence at the moment? I'm on limbo on that because I would like to make a feature. However, I am really passionate going back to what I said about the Sandlot, I want to create a pilot, a TV pilot about women being in baseball. I know we have that story about the women's league, but also it's like, I want to bring it to now during this time. There's been a lot of issues when it comes to just in general gender and also tradition. Like I come from a Mexican background and I feel sometimes it's hard to express myself, but at the same time, breaking that barrier gender barrier tradition is one of the greatest things. And I feel like making a film about baseball, about that, knowing that I'm, I played and I understand the sport uh, would be great. Um, so I do want to create a TV pilot about that. Luckily for you, a lot of film majors and a lot of people in the film world listen to this. So I hope that a lot of my people get connected with you. Thank you. <laughs> As we're getting ready to wrap this up, uh, do you have any advice that you want to give to any filmmaker right now listening? I would definitely say stay true to yourself. There's so many things that are going to happen, at good things and bad things in the industry or where you're at right now, at the level you're at, at making films. But as long as you stay true to yourself, you are going to be fine. I think that a lot of people lose their passion because they want to impress people. They want to make it big, but they forget to come back to the roots and kind of just, you know, stay there for a little and, and accept it. So you can use it. You can be able to accept it and use that as a platform to take you where you're at. You're going to get a lot of no's. I've said this so many times. I've gotten so many no's. Like um, when it comes to internships, again, turning into uh, films into the film festivals, getting ideas pitched just in general. So many no's. Thing is, you're going to get a yes. You just got to trust one person and you're going to get that yes. And it's going to take you any, it's going to take you somewhere and you take that train to wherever it takes you. But if you can't get a yes, you can't open a door, find a window. You can jump through a window and get that opportunity. Don't be afraid to do so. I know that I've seen so many opportunities pass by me because I've been afraid. Now I feel comfortable and who I am, what I do, what I want to tell, the stories I want to tell, and who I want to show it to. But back then, I've seen so many opportunities of me being shy or, you know, maybe later. Or maybe later is not going to take you anywhere. So take that opportunity. Find that door. If you can't find a door, find a window. Be yourself and tell the stories that you want to tell. I know you're, there's a lot of criticism. There's definitely going to be a lot of criticism. But be yourself. Stand your guard. Be true to your movie, to your story. I know there's someone out there that's going to love it. 
Martha Rodriguez, everybody. Thank you, Martha, for jumping into the show. I know this was a very exciting moment for you, and it really was for me because I have been wanting a film major to jump on the show, share their story, share what kind of films they're up to, and hopefully inspire a lot of people that are in this field. Myself and many others who do listen to the show always wanted to get into film, but it is hard. And to hear someone around my age tell this story meant a lot. So, Marta, I really thank you, and I appreciate you jumping by. And to any film major, I just want to say don't give up and continue writing. Marta said, if you can't open a door, jump through a window, get those chances out there, because all those no's were the same no's I got in the beginning of Catanation. There's going to be a yes somewhere. You just got to put yourself out there, and I recommend it to everybody listening right now. Thank you all yet again to listening to these podcasts. It means a lot to hear all of these shows being a success. And next week is just going to be no different. Rachel J jumps onto Catanation. A singer, songwriter, and a one-of-a-kind talent is here to share her story with all of you. Thank you all yet again. We'll see you next week. We are Catanation. This was a Catanation Studios production. To get involved, go to my Instagram at WeAreCatanation. And to continue to listen to awesome podcasts like this one, go to wearecatanation.buzzsprout.com.